And now, a letter from Marilla Town Supervisor Skip Gingrich to Erie County Executive Mark Polencars. The people of Marilla, having dissolved their political connection with the government of the County of Erie, present their Confederates and the world the causes which have led to the separation. For the last two years, we have had numerous and serious causes of complaint against our non-mask-wearing Confederate towns with reference to the subject of personal freedom. They have endeavored to weaken our liberty, to disturb our domestic peace and tranquility, and persistently refused to comply with their express constitutional obligations to us in reference to eating fried foods at restaurants, of which Marilla has none, and by the use of their power in the county government have striven to deprive us of equal enjoyment of walking maskless into a bar, also of which Marilla has none. This hostile policy of our Confederates has been pursued with every circumstance of aggravation which could arouse the passions and excite the hatred of our people and has placed the two sections of the county for many months passed in the condition of virtual civil war. Our people, still attached to the county from habit and local traditions like the Marilla Mud Races, and adverse to change, hoped that time, reason, and argument would bring, if not redress, at least exemption from further insults, injuries, and snarky online posts. Recent events have fully dissipated all such hopes and demonstrated the necessity of separation. Dictated but not read, Skip Gingrich. that brings a tear to my eye that's we need we need the patriotic music behind that we need you know the full effect uh skip what a, what a guy that's uh, there's there's a reason why Talden Aldinger is grifting them like crazy i just my my heart i feel i'm ready i'm ready to go to the barricades with skip for the Marill exit give me my gray wool uniform whoa well, you know, it could be a lot of different colors. Who knows? I thought it was just a suit entirely comprised of the American flag. <laughs> Welcome back to the Square Podcast. We've got... Uh, this is Snake. And we've got... Diamond Jim. And we've got Re. That's me. Now, you need a nickname. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, no. Come on. No. We'll, we'll workshop something down the line. You can't force it. We took a while for Diamond Jim to, to yeah. stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it had to be Jermaine. We had Snake. We couldn't have three guys with nicknames, and people would be like, who the fuck is that? Right, they would think we were a hot beer and, and cold wings or whatever that, that those fuckers are on 92.9. Oh, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. you know, it, it, it was organic, so maybe someday. But for now, I'm still Re. We're still the square. I'm voting for Cool Re. Sawdust. Cool. Read. Okay. All right. We're, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the it. Vibes maybe, master. Maybe maybe we'll talk cool about read. it in the Discord. Which hey, by the way, guys, listeners, if you are not already a part of our vibrant Discord community, you're seriously missing out because everybody is very cool, very interesting, has a lot of fun. Uh, we have a lot of good uh, conversations. That's the if word. We shared the Discord say. out. Yeah. 
We tweeted it out the link uh, to it. Okay. We can we can get it out there more because frankly, it's really cool to interact with uh, with our friends, with our listeners. The Rad Pack. With the Rad Pack. I'm on there as Rad Pack, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've I've just decided to take that as my name. Much like Joel and Bede had beca- become the process. Right. I am the process. I am the Rad Pack. Mm-hmm. So we please join us on the Discord. We'll tweet out the link again to it. Um, it's basically just like it's kind of like a what like a chat room, but it's not that serious, right? Uh, at, and we have custom uh, uh, gifts or cu- custom uh, uh, what are the emotes, emotes, emojis, yeah, emojis. Yeah, oh. we've got uh, we've got the city of Buffalo flag. We've got a, uh-huh. a, a snake. We've got a picture of Nate McMurray. Crazy. Maybe uh, snake. Maybe you could get the uh, Angus the Badger up there. As oh, a, I, for- I keep forgetting about as that. a special yeah, emote. I'll get, I'll get Angus up there. Emoji. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, the original link that uh, we sent out on Twitter never expired. So if you find that, but we'll tweet it out again. We'll send it out again. We'll put it in the bios and stuff, too. Uh, it's just really cool. It's something that uh, I've actually wanted us to have for a while, and and thanks to Jim was the one who set it up. Uh, Gavin's our moderator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to superfan Gavin, um, who is our moderator and who keeps everything very civil on the Discord. And, and it is it is civil. It is it for is now. good vibes. It, it, always shut up, so Skip Gingrich joins. The We're not letting. No, that's why Gavin's the moderator. He oh. would not let Skip Gingrich join. Yeah, Gavin okay. does have band power, so oh, good for him. So he, he can just keep. He'll just whack them only all the Skip Gingrich accounts. That's right, all the okay. Skip Skip Gingrich clones that that pop up. So please join us on our Discord server. Also, the Patreon. We don't talk about it because it feels weird asking for money. I, I feel weird asking for money, but you we know what? We put work into this, okay? Well, we, we do, do. We do put work into it. We also, it's a labor of love. It is a labor of love. I, I also know that we have a lot of listeners who would be willing to support us so that we can do more cool stuff, have more cool guests, uh, buy new beer fridges, get food for our guests who come on the show. We understand if you can't afford it, but if you can, it's $5 a month. You get early access to our episodes whenever I get around to finishing producing it, which is usually uh, the Tuesday. Tuesday of the week. Yeah, our episodes drop on Thursday on all the regular podcast formats, but we will or we have been the past few weeks dropping on Wednesdays for our Patreon subscribers. Also, if you join the Discord, you could tell us like, hey, there's something else I might want as a Patreon subscriber, and we could figure out uh, different ways to to ma- to match that or to meet that. We we really want to work with right. you, and and even you can even do it in your Patreon subscriber only channels. Yes. <laughs> we started this year and a half ago. We've built a community and we couldn't have done this without the community. They are part of the Square podcast. Absolutely. So now that we're past the uh, the, the PBS fundraising <laughs> minute begging you <laughs> begging you to keep the lights on. Here here's your here's one, your news. One last thing though. Oh. The the more money we get from Patreon, think of all the crazy ass fucking zany things we can do the more money we have. That's true. And we don't I mean, at this time, we don't do ads. We will sell out. I would like to stress, yes. for anybody listening, we yes. will sell out for the right price. But most of that podcasting, advertising ads, not really the right price. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we? I don't want to talk to you about boner pills. I would for the right price. I, I would. I might, but yeah. mattresses. I don't know. I, I mean, if I'm going to talk to you about boner pills, it's going to be like, hopefully, Buffalo Eats does like a top 32 tournament of like pills that everybody takes. Okay. <laughs> yep. That's that. That would be a good <laughs> Buffalo Eats pills. Anyway, we're moving on, gentlemen. We have stuff to be mad at, feel have feelings about. We have feelings about it this week. How about that? I mean, we're not feelings or vibes? Vibes are different than feelings. Okay. Vibes. F- feelings, it's like, you, you can be like, like vibes are inherently good to me unless they're bad feelings it's like 
feelings you could feel a lot of different ways we have yeah. things that we'll talk about so that you can talk to your therapist about them oh yes jim what are we talking to our therapists about this week well we're going to start with something we're, we're, we're running back the hits uh redistricting is, is still a topic it's charting the top 10 with us again this week for the third week in a row this week the state legislature approved a congressional map which republicans already said they're going to sue but i think that like that's kind of non like i know the republicans are going to sue that Nick Langworthy, the state chairman, said, oh, yeah, we're suing. This is nonsense. It's, it's partisan gerrymandering. That's illegal. It's unconstitutional. John Faso, who's run for governor in the past, is one of the people helping lead this lawsuit. But if you see the Republicans who are actually members of Congress or want to be members of Congress, what they're doing, they're declaring what districts they're running in. They're moving their home so they can live in the district that they want to run in. They're, they're endorsing candidates for people in these districts. The actual candidates themselves are assuming that these districts are legit. We only talked about with the campaign finance a couple of weeks ago with Jeff, how the Republican state members around here are saying all the right things about Lee Zeldin, but none of them are actually doing the thing that you would expect. Again, watch what they do, not what they say. What they're doing is assuming that these districts are going to be legit and that the, the courts are going to uphold them. Uh, the state legislature also approved state Senate and state assembly districts this week. What does that mean? What's the, the most fun? Well, the absolute dream scenario possibly is happening for us we could get nate mcmurray versus chris jacobs oh, again oh yes <laughs> yes electric boogaloo <laughs> it's uh it's that the the new district now that erie county has three congressional districts it's got like the city-centric one what has the entire city that is brian higgins that's the brian higgins district he's it, locked in it's locked in. It's 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 the bluest district he's probably ever had. So he can do whatever he wants with his hair. It's not going to matter. Uh, he can he can get those pants so high that nobody's ever going to be able to see the rest of his body. Get it up to his shoulders. <laughs> at this point. Now, then there's like the Northern Erie County, which includes Grand Island, and and then it dips down and it picks up like the eastern suburbs, like Lancaster and Alden. It includes like Niagara County, so it goes all the way from Lake Erie and Grand Island and Niagara Falls. All the way along, it dips underneath around Rochester, yeah. then dips around Syracuse and goes all the way up to Watertown. Bring it around town. So, you know, woe is the poor fucking staff member who works for the Chris Jacobs in that district. Who's got to, where do you have to drive today? Where, where do you live? Oh, well, I, I live in, you know, Amherst. Where do you have to drive today? Watertown. <laughs> for a 45 minute meeting. That's rough. That's a rough drive. Yeah, I'm with you, right? The Republicans are viewing this as it's going to be legitimate. It's going to hold up. How do we feel? Let, let's backtrack a little bit just overall. How do, how do we feel overall about the redistricting? I think more it's more Democratic seats, right? Or more Democratic-friendly seats. Right. I know there are people who are a little bit upset. And by people, I mean mostly Republicans, that the Democrats have finally figured out how to gerrymander, to which I say... Tough titties. <laughs> well, here, sorry. Well, here's my thing. That's like, the game, homie. All the Republicans complaining about Democrats gerrymandering is that the Democrats have brought up and voted for multiple times on party lines, voted in favor at the federal level of an anti-gerrymandering law to restrict gerrymandering and remove it from happening by the, at the state level and, and set that at the federal so that there'd be no gerrymandering anymore. And the Republicans have voted against it every single time. So if you want to get rid of gerrymandering, if this is upsetting you as a Republican in New York State, tell your Republicans that you're, you're friends with 
vote for the federal law to get rid of gerrymandering. You can, all the things that, that are happening, these all these things can happen at the same time. The Democrats can be the anti-gerrymander party because they're trying to push at at the at federal level. At the same time, realize that unilateral disarmament by not gerrymandering is suicide, and therefore gerrymander at the state level. And I think you can recognize all those things without being hypocritical. I'm going to throw something out there that, that can't be easily proven or disproven. So it's the perfect point for me. But no, but honestly, like we saw an influx of Republicans who left the Republican Party for for the Democrats in, with the with the Biden Trump election that basically that uh, we had Republicans who are like, I don't really care for. Uh, the Republican Party anymore, so they're more conservative Democrats. I do wonder if there was any impact of those people joining the party who are like, okay, I'm going to be a Democrat now. We're going to do things a little bit more cutthroat. They're not members of the state legislature. I mean, the state assembly, the state Senate is incredibly is more liberal, probably, especially the assembly is probably more liberal individual as members than the average Democrat in New York state. Okay. I mean, you, you have between the state Senate and the state assembly, you have like literally like, I think eight or nine members of DSA who are members of the elected office in, in your, in New York state. And they're ones, they're not just members there and they're not just backbenchers, but they actually, they don't, they don't have prime leadership positions, but they have loud voices. Okay, so these are the more leftist-oriented uh, people then saying, finally, it's enough. Right. I mean, you can see We've that. Had enough. You can see that by the way they redrew Staten Island. Staten Island's probably going to be represented by a Democrat now for the first time in like oh, 50 shit. years. They, they, drew Stan, they, they drew Staten uh, Island into a district with like Brooklyn. And they're like, fuck you guys. Eat shit. Yeah, and I'd like to stress too that a lot of these changes do in fact reflect. Like, they're not just whole cloth like making up these redistricting efforts just to make them favorable to democrats although they are doing that however it is reflecting more of the will of that district or like it's it's a little bit more common sense like some of them are a bit silly like they look a little silly like we're talking about a amherst to watertown district right. but the, the, silly. the amherst watertown district though if you look at it like what the reason why it goes that far is because nobody fucking lives there because they're like there's a buffalo district there's a rochester district there's a syracuse district that makes sense. Those cities should be kept whole. They they have a an identity. All those little towns and all the the, the garbage around them, whatever. Uh, that district actually probably going from Niagara Falls to Watertown probably has a more cohesive identity than if they split up the city of Buffalo and split up the city of Rochester and put parts of that in there with them. It's just it, the reason why it's so fucking large is because nobody fucking lives there. Like you know the seven people that live in Appleton, like they have to be combined with somebody up in North Country. Have any of you ever been? Watertown, I haven't. I have. I oh, have. How, how is it? What do you think of Watertown? <laughs> there's nothing to think about Watertown. Oh, there's, I, there's nothing like go do. There's no sight to see. No statue to there's sit no, in front of. Yeah, there's there's no step out Watertown. No, there no. isn't. No, okay. Uh, no, there's not. There's I mean, not it's much on the water, right? Uh, yes. Is there yeah. even anything? Is there a park to go to? Not camping? Really, no. uh, I mean, it, it's come yeah, on. There's got to be something. No, I mean, you're you're close to the Thousand Islands. Okay. You know, so you've got there we go the Thousand Island tours and the parks there. We used to go by Watertown. My family, when I was younger, used my great grandmother on my mother's side. One of my great grandmothers on my mother's side owned a cottage at Black Lake up there. Okay, and Black Lake's actually closer to Ogdensburg if you're talking about like obscure New York State <laughs> geography. Ogdensburg. Okay, but uh, you know, you, you you do go past Watertown on your way up to Black Lake. Okay, uh, so I've spent some time in North Country, but it's it's been a long time. What but, if they renamed it to Water World? 
Why don't we, and and made Kevin Costner move there? Yes, it might be in due time. Mm-hmm. Yes, petition to change Watertown to Waterworld with with Mayor with Mayor Kevin Costner. <laughs> like, I mean, it, what honestly? What's Kevin so, Costner doing right now? He's in that new Yellowstone TV series. Oh yeah, people well, love I that shit. I don't know anything about that. Well, there's a whole other. There, I, I'm slowly finding out. I, I have access to cable now. Oh, I know. And there's a whole other world of television and media, yeah. other than a, like the internet shitheads consume. Okay. Like it really, yeah. I haven't, I haven't there's TV seen, shows and movies and stuff that you, millions of people watch. That you have no I haven't idea. seen cable in years, so I don't. I don't know what's going on. But, whole uh, whole other world. Let's build Kevin Costner a fucking boat in Watertown and have him do a thing, and people will go there. Yes, yes. Water. Kevin Costner for Waterworld. Let's go. Yep. There's other districts, though, Jim. So you mentioned McMurray versus Jacobs round two. Let's go. We've also got Tom Reed. His seat is getting a little hotter. Well, no, Tom Reed has announced he's not seeking re-election. Oh, that's right. Well, uh, that's really hot then. Yeah, Excuse me. Uh, Tom Reed has announced he's not seeking re-election because remember he he was the one who got in trouble for like sexually harassing like a staff member and a lobbyist. Oh fuck yeah! Right. What was yeah. that? Who's that? Who's currently in that seat? It's Tom Reed. Oh, fuck. He, he, okay. he didn't. We got to pay attention to half the shit we talked about. Did, he didn't resign. He just announced he's not seeking re-election. If I read the article correctly, I believe Claudia Tenney, who is like uh, near Binghamton, she got drawn in with Antonio Delgado, who's more like the Hudson Valley, like Poughkeepsie area. And uh, she has announced her intent to seek the 23rd uh, district seat. So she's going to move into that district. She'll probably move just across the border into like, I don't know, like Ellicott City or some nonsense. That's a bit. I mean, Elmira. Yeah. Okay. That, that would be a big coup for the Democrats. Right. I mean, I mean, they've been targeting her for a while to put her into, I mean, she, she, she'd be very safe there. They made that district safer. That district used to be, not that it was really competitive, but there'd be, you know, a Democrat would run and get like 44% of the vote there because it used to involve, include Ithaca. They drew Ithaca out and put it into a, a blue district. So those are the congressional seats. Yeah. That that'll be an interesting one to watch out for as well. What about on the uh, the state assembly? Yeah, the, the state assembly, assembly, the state senate seats around here are, are just as safe as they've always been. Um, the state assembly seats we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Jeff. How probably the two Democrats that are most under the gun locally are uh, assembly members Burke and Wallace. Uh, their districts have been drawn a little bit. Uh, Wallace basically ditched like the eastern half of Lancaster, which cuts out a lot of assholes from her district mm-hmm. and gives her like a, a 53-47 as far as like the last Biden election, 53-47 majority. Same basic numbers for the new Burke district, which has picked up some of like, it looks like like Kaiser Town, like oh, okay. parts of the city. Notably, Burke was, there was a concern that Burke was going to be getting more Republicans at one point. We thought it might become a more Republican heavy district right. that his seat would have been hotly contested. Now, I mean, this is a this is a major coup for him. That's great. I and, mean, he's still gonna it, if Joe Larigo runs, it's still gonna be a highly contested district because Joe Larigo does have crossover appeal for for sure. But what I'm saying is like he has to be very pleased at this development. You would think he'd be pleased with this. You, you would think he'd be pleased. So would Monica Wallace, obviously, who notably had a very very contentious um, election last year. Right. It's it, no guarantees. No guarantees in these sorts of things. I mean, again, you could handicap it and then. Like you said, like there could be a Republican that has crossover appeal who can can win that seat and it can be like even in a purple district. It can still, you know, a Republican can turn out and, and right. win it. But but it does have to make them sleep a little bit better at night. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the Eastern Lancaster, which was 
like the most Republican part of Wallace's district has now been drawn in. So that district actually goes from Lancaster all the way up to Lake Ontario. That's a pretty large district. I mean, again, you know, these districts get large because nobody lives there. That's true. On that front, we're talking about the uh, the state senate. Well, the state assembly, but the state senate. Sean Ryan has reannounced that he will be running for state senate. Yes, he's he's running for re-election to the state senate. Uh, you know, he's a friend of ours. We're we're uh, we're happy to support him, and hopefully, he does well. Hopefully, he does well. I, we we really do like him. I do. I mean. We don't work on his campaign staff or in his office. I, I do wonder what his long-term goal is. I, I feel like one day he might try to run for Congress. You know, I mean, we'll see. I, I mean, he's pretty young still. Like we talked about with Jeff, you know, there is value in being a longtime state senator. He's also a name that I've heard bounce around as somebody who wants to be mayor. That would be interesting. Uh, you know, he may, he's certainly been the most liberal mayor we've had maybe ever. And that, then, and then, you know, yeah, and, I mean, and you're saying liberal, not as a pejorative, right? right yeah. Not as a pejorative this time. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, Brian Higgins can't be a member of Congress forever. Right. That's what I was thinking is that somebody has to be his heir apparent at some point. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Brian really grooming in any heirs, which, which leads me to believe though, that Brian Higgins thinks he's going to be there forever. So that's entirely possible. He too. might be. I mean, look, let's look at, um, uh, some of the other members of Congress right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's entirely possible that Higgins is there forever. Um, he's he's grooming Scanlon. Okay. But yeah, hey, best of luck to Sean Ryan. We'll see. If he, if he wants to be mayor, I, and for whatever it's worth, he's somebody that strikes me as wanting to, to do something else. Not that he doesn't want to serve his district. He clearly loves his district. But like Tim Kennedy, it makes sense. He wants to be the fundraising powerhouse. I could see Tim Kennedy being in the state Senate forever, mm-hmm. just doing what he does and fundraising a lot, primarily because everybody's scared of him. So he could just be there with the threat of Tim Kennedy. Sean Ryan, I think, will go somewhere else. I don't think he's a lifer in the state Senate, but eh, we'll see. The idea of being mayor is a good pivot to our next topic. Well, we'll let's let's hold that off a little bit. I want to... Sorry to sorry to jump around the whiteboard. I do want to talk about the Marill exit mm. first. We'll get we'll get to the next topic. I, I promise. But I do want to touch on the Marilla. So Sean Ryan is a terrible way to pivot to this topic. Ta- Sean Ryan's a great way to pivot to this topic. Sean Ryan wants no. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say Sean Ryan wants Marilla to leave too. But <laughs> no, we'll, we'll talk about the Marilla only because we did we did a little segment at the top of the show with Skip Gingrich. And maybe our listeners know what's going on. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Half the fun of the show is that our listeners don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we we inform you. Talk to me about this Marilla leaving Erie County thing. Well, Marilla is lead, but it's actually four towns. They've 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 roped three other towns into this. Okay. Uh, Wales, Holland, all three of those towns uh, border each other. Right. And Grand Island notably does not border anybody. And they want to secede from Erie County. Now, they don't want to form their own county, which probably would be legally easier. Yes. They want to, uh, Marilla, Wales, and Holland want to join Wyoming County. And Grand Island would like to join Niagara County. Okay. And this is a response to uh, the tyranny that is coming out of the Wrath Building and the 16th floor with Mark Poland cars. So... (laughs) So, so the pol the Polans are mm-hmm. they they they've had enough, and that the proud freedom fighters in Marilla, Holland, Wales, and Grand Island 
want to uh, lead the uprising, lead the revolt, and you know free themselves of the shackles of Erie yeah. County. Yeah. Now I know that again, Todd Aldinger is involved. That old chestnut. Uh, and the town of Alden was invited to join them, and basically said, "Sorry, this isn't the. It's not working. We can't hear you. Uh, you'll Alden have to or come. Alma. Alden." Elma didn't want to do it either. Did Elma they? didn't want to do it either, which, which is interesting because Marilla Wells and, and Elma, EMW, do they do everything together. They have the same school district. They have the same Boys and Girls Club. They have the same Little League system. And Elma also like, no, 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 no. We got, yeah. not that Alden and Elma aren't staunchly Republican towns. They are. You know, in, in Elma's case, like, now, well, I will say, let me point, let me back up a second. Mark Polonkar's released a, a press conference, a statement, a press statement saying, these towns, especially Marilla, would be fucked tax-wise if they left Erie County. Erie County has an agreement with the towns and municipalities that they share the sales tax with each of the individual towns. Other counties don't do that necessarily. So between the, the tax levy that the county pays out to as a portion to Marilla and the sales tax that the county paid out to Marilla... Marilla got like $1.1 million from the county last year. Mm-hmm. Their entire town budget is $2.7 million. So even if other towns did share the tax revenue, they wouldn't get the tax revenue that they would in Erie County, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. No, the tax revenue in, in Wyoming County has got to be dramatically less than the tax revenue that happens would, in Erie County. I think so. So uh, even if they did share, they'd be getting dramatically less money. So... They, they basically about fifty percent of their budget would disappear, of their of their revenue would disappear, which they would probably have to make up in taxes. And then, additionally, the county tax levy, the the rate per thousand, is much higher in both Genesee and Niagara County than it is in Erie County. Mm. So your county taxes, if you lived in Marilla, would probably about double. Oh shit! Not only that, but if you were the rest of Erie County, I, and this isn't my idea, this is a, a buddy of mine, Jason, uh, on Twitter. He's a private account, so I don't want to like throw his whatever out there. But pointed out astutely that if those three towns, if if all if all those towns were no longer part of Erie County, Kim Beatty would be sheriff. John Garcia would not win without the votes of Marilla, Holland, and Wales, and that we would have a Democratic sheriff. So if you are the rest of Erie County, we're not we're not kicking you out, Marilla, Holland, and Wales. But we're also, you know, crying about it either. We're helping you move if you want. (laughs) Yeah, we got boxes. Yeah, we can help you pack. We can. We're free. We can move the couch. Right. So Wales, those arrogant sons of bitches. You know who the town supervisor in Wales is? No. Tim Howard. No fucking way. Really? Oh, sure. Yes. He he resigned or he retired as sheriff and became town supervisor in the town of Wales. So this son of a bitch, for like twenty years, gets a, a salary and is going to get a pension from Erie County. But as soon as he becomes town supervisor in Wales, ah, uh, fuck those jibs. Is there any other reason? Help help me out here, Jim, because this truly feels like a cutting off your nose to spite your face situation. Is there any other ulterior motive other than to own the libs of Erie County that these towns would want to leave because it seems like it's a really bad fucking idea yeah, for them. Doesn't but add up. It's, I don't even know that it's necessarily own the libs as it is rile up and appeal to your own base. They say these nonsense things that if you, if you'd go under any kind of surface investigation, you realize that there are bad ideas, but plays well with the, fucking chunder heads that support them 
It seems akin to the split New York State. Right. Yeah. It's very, it's very akin to like, oh, if if we don't, it, if only we didn't have to pay for all the social services, all the poor people, we'd be way better off. When you don't realize, like. That's who pays for you, you shitheads. Yeah, you're the poor people. Well, we, you're the poor people, and also, like, the area where, like, you think only poor people live is also where all the rich people live. Yes. They're not going anywhere. Look, at the end of the day, I don't care what ideals, what, you know, principles they feel like they're standing by. They are not losing that tax revenue from Erie County. They're not going to do it. Right. Well, not just stupid. Not just the tax revenue, but... The other thing with these towns is that the reason why these towns, like their roads are so well plowed, is that they own very little roads in their town. County almost, roads. Almost everything's county roads. Erie County, if, if, uh, one of the more unbelievable facts, but it, it's true, owns more miles of county road because it, it owns like almost all the roads in all the uh, suburban and rural towns. There's more miles of county road in Erie County than there are state highway roads in Rhode Island. Wow. Wow. Well, that's a, that, that is a good segue, Jim. I, I had a poor segue earlier, but you have a perfect segue now for our next topic because we've, we've got to talk about this, guys. We've, we've talked about it. We've, we talked about it with Jeff Kelly about yes. the roads in the city of Buffalo Oof. and how bad the plowing is, okay? On Twitter, God love him, the shovel guy. He's on it. He's telling people the shovel. He's, he's bitching about bitching about the the streets and any and he means well I, i've talked to him a little bit since that he, he's a really nice guy uh, and i like i like to follow his twitter account and, and we, we support him too but this is a serious problem I, i'm i know when we talked to jeff he had mentioned like look don't prescribe to malice what could be explained by incompetence all right point well taken until this weekend, I drove through South Buffalo, and then I also drove down Allen Street. And I'm going to tell you right now, Byron Brown is 1,000%. This is a punitive measure. You will never, ever convince me otherwise. Byron Brown is punishing the districts that did not vote for him. Rhea, how South Buffalo look? South Buffalo, Abbott Road is pristine. The side streets of Abbott are pristine. The side streets of the side streets, well, they look like your typical Allentown street. Well, let me ask you this. Aren't there voters for Byron Brown in these districts? Not enough. Not enough. I guess not enough. Not enough. Okay. No, it's it's dog shit. There are streets in Allentown in the west side that have never seen a plow. It's been almost two weeks they've never seen a plow. Meanwhile, the streets of South Buffalo look like they're getting plows every day. And I get it. I know that I've seen some people on Twitter be like, hey, like a plow driver said, hey, we can't plow these streets if there's cars on both sides, like move your cars. Okay, I, I get it. The city of Buffalo, if, if you were a functioning city, you would have a response to snow in Buffalo. It's not like we live in fucking Fairfax, yeah. Virginia, where you're not expecting it constantly. You live in the city of <laughs> Buffalo. You should know how to do this. Byron Brown is doing this to say, fuck you. It, it, it doesn't sound like it's been an issue up until recently, right? Well, I, like how, how many decades have we gone being a snow city and it's been it's been fine. Well, it's, it's maybe been, you've gone a day or two. Right. It, but it's never been this bad. Yes. I mean, so I lived I lived at three different addresses in the city of Buffalo and had three radically different snow experiences. Yeah. I lived on West Utica Street. Now, there was no overnight parking on West Utica Street during the winter because it's a bus route, mm -hmm. and it was always plowed pretty well. 
I lived on 17th Street in the west side, uh, up between like Richmond and Connecticut Street, and that street never got fucking plowed. It was a mess, mm. and there was only parking on one side of the street, anyways. So I don't want to hear this bullshit about there was no room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I lived on Lancaster Ave in the Elmwood Village. And there was parking on two sides of the street, and it was a narrow street. Yes, and it, it was. It was always plowed pretty well because people in the Elmwood Village would bitch, and the mayor doesn't want to hear about it. But the people on the west side get fucked. The people in Allentown get fucked. The people in Riverside who voted for him, fuck you too, because you're going to vote for me anyways. Mm. You're too stupid. If you're going to vote for Joe Galombek for the last 40 years, you're going to vote for me anyways because you're too stupid to know what to do. And that's how he's treating them. Driving down Allen is like an extreme sport it's un- yes. it's unbelievable man i like i i couldn't i i my brain can't process how bad the west side how bad allentown is and it there's no other explanation i'm sorry occam's razor says there's literally no other explanation for this other than byron brown saying fuck you to the people who voted against him mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to be. And to all those people going to client hands and, you know, they, I mean, they mostly don't give a shit. They'll pay for the parking, go in the parking lot at client hands. It's fine. But for the schmucks who don't, you know, they got a little taste of it by getting the street parking experience that the rest of us have to deal with. Right. I mean, it, what it looks like is like uh, of the 30 plows that they say they have active out of the 73 that they own, uh, 15 of them are hitting South Buffalo. Constantly on a loop or the first ward. The first ward looks pretty good too. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It just makes me, you know, it, it, obviously it makes me mad, but it's just like, it's so ridiculous that Byron Brown was able to run on, hey, this is the kind of, exp- and, and by the way, all right, Abbott Road is pristine in South Buffalo. In, in a functioning city, we would see streets constantly plowed. We have the infrastructure for it. We have 70 plus plows. Plus we could call up the NFTA and be like, Hey, like Jeff said, are your parking lots cleared? Can we use your trucks? Um, the bus stops, they might be the worst offenders. The bus stops are not clear at all. There's giant, massive piles of yeah. snow. The business owners are saying it's not our responsibility. You know, the city of Buffalo needs to plow the fucking bus stops. The city of Buffalo is saying, Hey, the uh the the business owners it's their responsibility i I don't think it should be i mean it's a public resource it's public transportation here's here's the thing i i think byron's playing 4d chess here and oh you do do you yeah that uh they don't have enough money to pay for new bus drivers but you don't need bus drivers if you got no bus riders and you can't have any bus riders if you don't have working (laughs) shelters yes yes wow yeah so wow my mind has been blown yeah no Byron here playing 4D chess on the resources to the NFTA. Yes. No, it's 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 disgusting. I, it really it really is like just everything about a dysfunctional city government that you could prescribe to. And part of it again, I mean, I know it is incompetence or I know it's, you know, whatever. Even if you want to say, all right, that's just how Buffalo is, it doesn't work properly. Well, you could you could pin that on Byron Brown. He's been there for 16 years. That's what he ran on was that he was the only one that had the experience to manage a city government. Okay, this is what managing the city of Buffalo government looks like is plowing the fucking streets and he can't do it. So if you think he's just a dunderhead, okay, he's been a fucking idiot for 16 years and he gets another four years of it. Right. You know, people have brought up and I think that one of the concerns was for Indy Walton, like if she became mayor and there was a big snowstorm and things were fell apart 
then it would be like the end of her four years, basically. Yeah. For instance, now, maybe one of the other writing candidates had a better plan for snow removal. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if Mayor Ben Carlisle had won? Well, oh. we know that he doesn't shovel his own sidewalks yeah, into Tara Sullivan. Yeah, there's visual proof from Tara Sullivan that... Uh, Friend of the pod, Tara. Doesn't... Doesn't shovel or snow blow his sidewalk. His driveway is clear, so you know he drives places. Right, sideway can get fucked. Yeah, anyone walking by Ben Mayor Ben, mm-hmm. fucked. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's it's ridiculous. Oh, if anybody knows what Jazz Miles does with his sidewalks, please let us know. Yeah, please. Jazz Miles, listen. If you don't pick up your garbage, Jazz Miles will not have any any plows come down your street. Right. He was he was pretty vehement that you know climate change. We're not going to do anything about that unless you know people stop throwing their trash out. So I I, I think we know what his uh, snow response would have been. Mm-hmm. <sighs> God, I got to decompress a little bit. I, I'm I'm very upset. Take, I, take your time. Take a deep breath. I was I was so mad. I was so mad after driving down Abbott Road and then driving down Allen the same day. What if you rode a bike? Well, what if you were a bike rider? And you read Rod Watson's article in the Buffalo News this week. I suppose I'd be even more upset. I might be even angrier. You might be shitting two dicks. I might be shitting two dicks. I might be shitting your dick. <laughs> so in the Buffalo News, Rod Watson, who they've got these old school newspaper writers. I, I think I think a lot more of them in terms of like sports writers, where I think Jerry Sullivan with the Buffalo news or um, Dan Shaughnessy out in Boston. These guys who are like Jerry Sullivan, no longer with the Buffalo. News. No, no, no. I know. But what I'm saying, they're the take generators. They're like, they're like the old school sports guys mm-hmm. who know how to rile up their audience. Rod Watson is, is of that cloth. Like he, he knows how to, to get the needle moving. He knows how to get people kind of riled up. And you know, sometimes he has good points. Other times he has asinine points, but I respect the hustle is what I'm trying to say. Well, Rod Watson drives me crazy in that, like, he'll write one column where he's entirely, like, he's clearly trying to antagonize the suburbs. And then he writes this column like he did about get fucked bike riders, where he's clearly trying to antagonize the city. Does he just hate everyone? He wants everyone to hate him. He wants everyone to hate him. I think I think it's just, again, love of the game. He knows how to get people riled up. We're talking about him now, so. Yeah. You know, mission accomplished. But for the listeners who are not familiar with this column in the Buffalo News, Rod Watson, uh, opinion writer, wrote in the city and region section a, a, an opinion piece basically saying, okay, you can have your little bike lanes, I guess, but not at the expense of my roadway because uh, trying to drive in Buffalo in the snow, I have to watch out for these bike lanes. Yeah. So, so bike lanes are a folly. He argued that there should be a buffer there. You know, some, some bike lanes, there's a buffer between road traffic and bike traffic. So maybe increasing that, but I'm not sure if we have in some areas the width to do that. Right. I mean, he, he argued for that and I was like, that's fine. But like what ends up happening is that like, then you, the roadway takes so, up so much space because like you're infringing on the actual real estate of the city. Yeah. Do you, how much wider do you want to make Delaware? I mean, the fact of the matter is you, you Drivers have to learn how to share the road. You know, they've got to learn to 
be patient. Maybe stop at a crosswalk instead of almost hitting people who are crossing the street. Mm -hmm. I think this car-centric mentality has gone on too long. Other municipalities are, are conscious of this this type of thing, and they, and they know that bike riders and, and walkers share the road. Right. And, and it uh, should be. The, other honestly, there should be a public campaign. Other countries in in areas where like you know they're at northern latitudes yeah are more bike friendly sure so like don't tell you can ride a bike in the winter yeah don't tell me that like it's impossible to have enough road space that you can also have room for the bike with winter roads and then go to like sweden and be like "Mm, look at all these fuckers on their bikes (laughs) sure well his major trump card in that piece was that the um the city of Lackawanna had a bike lane going down Ridge Road uh, over the bridge to Route 5, which they then have since eliminated or scaled back. I can't remember which one. But they had, they, they had uh, implemented like a, a pretty big bike lane, and and then in the past year, they, they got rid of it. And so he's saying, oh, look, it's common sense, you know. These crazy hippie liberals are want to have all their crazy bike lanes, but it just doesn't make sense. So we got to get rid of them, or you know, we can't have more bike lanes at the expense of the roadways. Which is one very narrow minded to me. Like, okay, it didn't one bike lane in the city of Lackawanna didn't work. That's not proof enough to me that yeah. we shouldn't have functioning bike lanes in other spaces that where it makes more sense. Also, the bike lane to Route Five, like. If you really think about it, it's like that entrance to Route 5. So it's like you're going over the bridge and then you're going into Lackawanna right near the Basilica there. It, it was a weird spot for a bike lane anyway. It was, it, it was, but like him making the argument like, well, there was one bike line that bike lane that didn't work is exactly the type of shithead argument that like my uncle makes on Facebook. Where he's like, I know somebody who got, who got COVID even though they had the vaccine. I'm not going to say Rod Watson is a shithead. Again, to me, he strikes me as somebody who's a little bit more intelligent, who puts out stuff just to to get engagement and get people mad. I wonder, like, in order to have a proper bike culture, do you need to have the infrastructure for it? What is the chicken? What's the egg here? What, which is going to come first is like, do we need, is there going to be a mass of bikers that are going to like make the city go? We need to have bike lanes. I think we have a fair amount. Yeah. Or if you put the bike lanes in, if you build it, will they come? Is it, is it a field of dream scenario? I would like to hear somebody from like go bike Buffalo. Tell us how we're wrong about this. Yeah, if if anybody knows anybody, I, I I believe Rod interviewed or had an email correspondence with Justin Booth from Go Bike Buffalo. Right, and I'm sure that it was it was, it was totally objective, and he, and he didn't edit it whatsoever. <laughs> so if anybody knows any bikers or bi- we know, you know what? I'll reach out to some people. We know people from Go. Yeah, Bike I know. Buffalo. I, I know Kevin Heffernan at Go Bike. I we, could always reach out to Kevin. We know people. We know people. We'll get our people on. So we'll put a pin in that one, but. Far be it from us to, you know, say Rod Watson is um, is an idiot, but this, this is just, this ain't it. Right. This now, ain't it. But if you are going to use your car, you can get gas cards. You sure can. If you're a parent in the city of <laughs> Buffalo, you can get gas cards. What, what if I want to use my gas for my bike? Get an electric bike or get a gas-powered get bike. Get a gas-powered oh, bike. Oh, okay. Oh, right. okay. Uh, one of the American pickers can get it for you. Oh, nice. You look cool on a gas-powered bike. Yeah. Would I? Why, why would it make me cooler than a leg-powered bike? No, because, like, I could just see you, like, it's not quite a motorcycle, but I could oh. just see, 
That feels like the perfect right, like, yeah, snake mobile. Yeah, it's oh, like a, a gas-powered bike because it goes a little bit faster than a, a human-powered bike. Sure. So you could you could dress up like... Uh, it's a lot louder, too. Like, oh, yeah, it's a lot louder. Like, and it smells like shit. Like one of those Hanna-Barbera car- characters. <laughs> you could get the helmet and the goggles and like have a little scarf flying, flattering or flippering behind wow, you. okay. All right. Yeah. You could uh, you could reenact your favorite scenes from Hot Rod. Yeah, I've got a spare like Chevy three fifty laying around. Maybe I can throw yeah, that on. Just put that onto just put that onto any old bike frame. Get sure. A, get a huffy. Yeah, I'll get a huffy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be doing a lot of huffying if 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 you got a gas powered <laughs> engine on that on there and you're just pumping fumes into it. Well, anyway, you're driving your kids to school on your gas-powered bicycle with your $10 gas cards from the city of Buffalo because I, I think they've approved this now. All right, a little background in this is that City of Buffalo Public Schools, they keep closing the schools at the drop of a dime, uh, whether it's snow events, whether it's COVID-related, which, okay, I, on a certain level, I, I think that's a principled move. You know, obviously, you don't want the kids any more exposed to COVID than they need to be. Um, snow is going to happen. But the parents are finding out, at like, like let's say it's a it's a Wednesday night. School is on Thursday. They're finding out, you know, Wednesday at like 7 p.m. that school is going to be closed the next day. And it's just completely untenable situation for parents to deal with you know, to have their kids have to figure out alternative arrangements, you know, w- with less than 24 hours notice. So one of the things that the city is doing is saying, look, okay, we're short on bus drivers because either they're, they're, nobody wants to drive the buses or we don't want to pay them the amount that they're looking for. It's, it's probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I'll let you decide. And, and then the ones they do hire get COVID and it can't work. Yes. So we can't get the kids in on the buses. So parents, if you could drive your kids in, we will give you $10 a day gas cards to, to drive your kids to school. This is something I believe that was recently implemented in the city of Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. So Buffalo wants to move to that model as well to, you know, help parents like, okay, there's not bus drivers available, but we can incentivize you to drive your kids into school, which as friend of the pod, Rob Galbraith astutely pointed out, uh, definitely favors those people who have cars or who have the means to drive their kid into school every day right it it does favor those people i will say it probably makes a bigger difference to the people on the lower income scale who do have cars while buffalo is a well you better have a fucking car because the uh, bus stops are right <laughs> well i mean I was, so you're knocking your kids on the the metro buses right i mean well i was saying is that you know buffalo while being lower income being one of the poorest cities in the United States still has a high percentage of car ownership. Now, now you may not have a car for every adult, but most households had have cars in the, in Buffalo. And so the $10 a day for gas to get them there. I mean, look, I, I worked in homeless services in the past and we would get families into homes and, and even work with them to the point where like we would help them get vehicles or maybe they had vehicles because, but they were still homeless. There were times I know I anecdotally where their kids didn't go to school because they couldn't get to the bus and they didn't have enough money for gas to drive them to school that day. So I, I can know of at least anecdotally circumstances where this would help. For some parents who are lower income, $50 a week in gas cards, they'll drive their kids to school every single day. They'll get their kids to go to school whether their kids want to go to school or not. 
for that it's that incentivizes enough to get fifty dollars in gas cards? Absolutely. I mean, fuck me. I think the city of Buffalo should be giving out fifty dollars in gas cards a week anyway, independent of whether you're a school owner, if they're gonna have the bus routes be either a no functioning routes or b bus stops that are completely snowed in like if if you're telling people you have to have a car to live in the city of buffalo which i mean that's kind of how it's been for a long time but increasingly what it's looking like more and more if you're telling people that you need to have a vehicle to live and to function and work in the city of buffalo fuck give everybody gas cards but especially the parents in this case i I, i'm with you jim i actually think this is is it a it is is it a um you know, kind of a, a slapdash solution, kind of, but it. I think it would be an, a net benefit. Right. I, I mean, st- like, look, the ideal thing would be like something like universal basic income. And then you don't have to worry about gas cards because you're, you're giving universal income. Second best would be if you just gave them $10 gift cards, $10 Visa gift cards that they could use on gas or something. The, the gas cards being restricted to just gas cards. This is like the 10th best idea. <laughs> it, I mean, it's good. It's better than nothing. It's going to be helpful. It, it, there, there are better ways to implement this, but at least they're doing something. They're, they're not just saying, like, fuck it, get your kids here or don't. We'll just flunk them. Right. So I, I'm with you. I, I think it's it's as good of an idea as a city like Buffalo in the current position that we're in could have. Mm-hmm. Here's hoping it helps. And, and really, you know what? Like, hey, if you live close enough to the school and you can get your kid there and that $10, it, it ends up being like an, an $8 to get you more gas for the week, fine. Perfect. Love it. Glad those people can now get to work or wherever and, and also get their kids to school because mm-hmm. they have gas money. So because you have to live in Buffalo, you have to drive everywhere. And, and Rod, Rod Watson doesn't want you <laughs> taking the bike sure anywhere. Doesn't. So mm-hmm. certainly not taking your kids to school on a bike. Other city developments, gentlemen. We had a I'm going to pull up the article. It was in Buffalo Business First. Um, we had a huge uh, buyout of some properties over in the university district. Yeah, about two hundred fifty thousand dollars a property. No, it was well, it was twenty five properties. Right, for about twenty two hundred fifty thousand dollars per property for about five point five million. Yes, yes. So it was rental properties. I believe it was a uh, a Brooklyn investor. I'm going to pull the article back up here. Yeah, okay. A Brooklyn real estate investment trust acquired twenty five properties. This is from again. Buffalo Business First. Portfolio, Buff Portfolio One Owner LLC. That's a, okay. Some probably some shell company for mm-hmm. some absolute shithead, evil fuck. But um, for, fu- f- for 5.5 million from, from a Plainview, New York real estate investment group run by Nassau County businessman Ezra Agman. So they gobbled up, uh, includes 22 homes, three vacant parcels in the university district. The three vacant parcels sold for $100 each. And the average house groupings, you're right, averaged $250,000. They couldn't get in touch with the lead partner, Tommy Sawanavong. He could not be reached for comment. Uh, but there's a bunch of houses on Winspear, Merrimack, a couple on Tyler and Heath. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, clearly we know what's going on here. They're going to make more money off rental properties. I'm assuming maybe Airbnbs or just straight up university rentals. I don't know. I don't ever feel great when there's more rental properties gobbled up because that tells me that the the price of property is going to go up. Right. I mean, people are going to be, the price of rent is going to go up. My, my first response to this, when we we were texting about this during the week with, with snake was that at least university is represented by Rashid Wyatt, who, 
you know, as we talked about with the campaign finance, has some of his own issues, but has been generally on the side of renters and not on the side of landowners or property owners in in City Hall. At least he understands his district. It's, it, it seems there. He's, he's not perfect by any means, but he at least seems to understand that it is a majority renter district. It's always scary when you see, I think it's scary when you see a large block of properties being bought out by an out-of-towner. And the reason is they don't necessarily have any direct investment in the community itself. So to them, it is how much money can I make from these properties? I'm not beholden to the community. I'm not beholden to the quality of life there. It's how much money can I make from the city of Buffalo and from these properties there? It goes back to the the gentrification argument, which is something I think Buffalo is a, a bit has been in a bit of a arrested development because the rest of the country was dealing with a lot of the stuff a decade before us. It's just finally hitting us now. Like we were, we, we've talked about on the show, Jim, that Buffalo has been or had been previously immune to the vagaries of the housing market that it seemed the bubbles seemed to not hit us here. Well, <laughs> Buddy, we are we are fully in it now. The bubbles have finally come to Buffalo, and now we're dealing with a property market where some fucking shitheads from Nassau are going to gobble up 25 properties, 5 mil of properties, probably flip them for triple that and, and pump them out as, as rental property. So I I don't know. I it sucks. It sucks cuz at least when we were talking about the local guys that we hate, you know, whether it's like Paladino, Sinatra, whatever. At least they live here and we can yell at them. We can't yell at the guy in Nassau County and and say you're making our community better. He doesn't care. We're just numbers on a spreadsheet. Right. I mean, and that's uh that has been growing. I mean, we talked about this when we uh, you know last year when we did the rent is too damn high episode with Jason Knight and Rusty Weaver, like that, you know, like the amount of people who own property in the city of Buffalo is growing for out of town ownership. Uh, and, and out of country ownership. And yes, what's going to end up happening is it's going to be just viewed as literally just numbers on a spreadsheet. It, it's, and what you need then is a strong city government and a robust court system to enforce upon those owners that they do the right things. And we've seen, you know, for the last 16 years that the mayors would rather, you know, mm, mm, these boots taste good and lick their boots than force them to do anything. And, you know, at least the housing court has done something with a lot of these property owners, but city hall just doesn't give a shit. No, because it brings in a lot of revenue and I'm sure it brings in a, it brings in a lot of revenue for not the, the people of Buffalo, but it does perhaps bring in revenue for a certain business class. Well, it, it's, it's short sighted because if you had re- local property owners or individual homeowners, it would bring in, those house values would be roughly the same. You can't uh, you you can't assess the value of what they paid in cash and say that it's worth that much when you know that whether it's an out of town buyer like this Brooklyn uh, LLC or whether it's actually Zillow itself buying property for cash to to increase the values of local homes and rent it out or it's the Blackstone Group or whoever the fuck it is that doesn't necessarily mean that you can assess those homes at that value just because somebody paid that much because of the uh, what the values of the other homes are around there if you had people in those homes who were either local owners or you know live-in owners especially 
not only would they pay the same rate tax rate that somebody else is paying, but yes, they would feel like part of the community. So they would do the things like take care of the property, take care of like both internally and externally so that you kept your housing stock in decent shape as well as made the, the, the neighborhood seem better. Yeah. And again, inherent with any kind of sale of property, it's implicit that the, the value of the property is going to go up. I'm, I'm no economist, but I will tell you, like anytime there's a sale, like a purchase of a, of a commodity, the express <laughs> purpose of it is that there's going to be more value added to that commodity and housing. Like, Hey, the price of land is just going to keep going up infinitely. It, it, the demand never goes away. People need places to live. They need homes. So the act of it being bought itself implies that the price of that property is going to be considered higher now. So that means higher rents. That means people are going to be pushed out of homes, which that university district, like oh, pretty well healed, but also there's a fair amount of poverty over there too. Right. It, well, it, oh yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of it is college age kids, right? Yes. R- renting. It's not just that it's going to go up, but that it's going to go up faster than other investments. If, if they thought that just putting money in T bills was going to be uh, more money than real estate, then they would just buy T-bills. Yep. If they thought that reliably that the S&P index like would make more money than real estate, then they would just put it in there. But we've seen, especially over the last like 25 to 30 years, the growth rate on real estate has been so high in this country that it just crazy. it just makes sense if you're just if you're looking at pure dollars and you just want to make as much money as possible to just buy real estate. You know, this this do, this doesn't feel Good. This doesn't feel good for the not little. good for regular people. Doesn't feel good for the little guy. But you know, you know what feels a little good. You know, what feels. I think it warms my heart a little bit for, as a little guy. I'm, I'm a little. I mean, I'm, I'm a big guy, but you know, I'm the little guy. I hope I'm thinking what you're thinking right now, Ray. The pandemic took so much away from us. Uh, this goddamn coronavirus pandemic took so much away. <sighs> we lost so many lives. We lost. Uh, just so much of our, our mental health and livelihood. Yes. And we lost Pizza Hut, damn it. We lost yes, we, did. we lost all the Pizza Huts in the area. Mm-hmm. So you know what? When you have a win, you got to celebrate it. And the win is that we're getting Pizza Hut back. Now, let's face it. There's some mixed reviews about Pizza Hut around here. Well, I, I it's mean, not local. It's chain restaurant. It a chain. There, there is an argu- argument for that. Right. For local restaurants, right? right? Yeah, it, it, but at the end of the day, nobody out pizzas the hut. <laughs> nobody, nobody out pizzas the hut. I may have said it before, and I'll say it again: is Wednesday night buffet night at Pizza Hut is almost an instant cure for depression. I mean, if you're feeling low, look, is Pizza Hut pizza good? No, absolutely not. No, it's good enough. Do I love it? Yes. Yes, I do. And I would love it even if they didn't have that beautiful bastard Craig Robinson doing their commercials. Oh, fuck yeah. Here's what I do like about pizza. I mean, all right, look. Yes, it's a chain restaurant. Yes, the pizza's subpar. It's part of our culture at this point. Yes, you can get much better pizza in Buffalo, and we encourage you to get actual local pizza. Of course. What Pizza Hut does offer, though, which a lot of other places don't, uh, other chain restaurants or whatever don't was a sense of place. Like it was a place to go to. That's what that was more the draw of you wouldn't order out pizza hut. You wouldn't get like takeout. Maybe you would in a pinch, but maybe yeah, like you'd go there and have go there. An event. Right, right. You'd you go there with those fake Tiffany chandeliers and those red plastic cups. Oh yeah. 
and, yes. and you sit in the booth and you squeak your way across the booth and and you and you you know you you especially I'd read books right pizza. read books to get your my free pan, personal pan pizza and and it's probably the only reason I've ever read a book is right. to get pizza out of right. it and you know, you know and I would go there and I'd be too short for the sneeze guard and I'd sneeze on the salad bar <laughs> in Buffalo we still have some Domino's and we still have some Papa John's sure I'd much rather pizza than have. Is there one thousand percent? Yeah, yes. Papa John's. There's like one of those, right? So, and there's also like that one shit or sucks. Ass. There's also like one or two Domino's. Yeah, Domino's. Okay, fine. There's a couple of Little Caesars. Yes, there are. Yeah, I mean it's it's cheap food, whatever. It's right, fine. I mean, and it's fine. Right, it's, I mean Little Caesars at least like here's where my thing is like pizza and Little Caesars do two separate things and they and they serve their purpose differently as chains. Yeah, Pizza Hut, like you guys are saying, it's a place to go. And and you sit down and you get your you know your fountain Dr Pepper yeah and your fried pizza and, <laughs> right, yeah. and and you and you eat it and you're a glutton and you enjoy it because like the lights are dimmed and nobody can see how fat we are all are correct great right I love uh, it Little Caesars is if you're low income but you still want to treat your family or yourself to pizza. You still can. Mm -hmm. Is it good quality pizza? Of course not. Is it edible? Yeah, of course. I've eaten many Little Caesars pizzas in my life. It, it's what you're doing. What I hate about Domino's and Papa John's, especially Papa John's, because they're even a little bit more expensive than Domino's, yeah. is that they are serving Little Caesars quality pizzas, but they're pricing out people who are trying to do it as a yeah. once a month special thing. Yeah, I will say especially Papa John's. Domino is not as bad as it. Yeah. Plus, they don't have crazy bread. Right. Yeah. The crazy bread, yeah. it do be hitting different. Yeah. I will I, say that. Yeah. I, remember, I remember Little Caesars being a little bit better quality. It seems like they've they, filled they, a new niche. They, right? Yeah, they, they, they filled a niche where they've dropped their quality a little bit, right. but they've made it so that they're more accessible. Yeah. I also remember Little Caesars, and this is a real throwback to people. Back when I was in middle school, about 600 years ago, had chocolate raviolis. Oh. That, oh. <laughs> and so it was white chocolate around uh, dark chocolate mm -hmm. and you could get a chocolate ravioli there that's Fuck, that's that how united good. states beat communism right chocolate ravioli mike illich yeah dude remember remember when they had like the um little caesars and kmarts mm -hmm. like hills you get little caesars was it hills i don't remember it was kmarts it was kmart, kmart. Oh, yeah, yeah. i i remember because i was working at a, a business up uh off of like maple near maple and like sheridan uh in amherst by uh lasertron mm-hmm in the office park there, and there was a Kmart there, and I was making such little money that all I could do was afford, like, to go to Little Caesars inside the Kmart over there and get, like, a Little Caesars pizza. Like, and I couldn't get, like, it was making such little money that, like, one of the other guys I worked with, like, we would go and split a Little Caesars pizza because we couldn't afford a pizza by ourselves. So what you're saying is Little Caesars and Kmart is better than Starbucks and Target. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. yes. If they had coffee at the Little Caesars... Then it would be a hundred percent better. Yeah, I, right. I bet you they'd hook you up. They'd hook you up. So yeah, I, I bet you, I, I, you know the, the people. Uh, that's the other thing is that people who work at Papa John's hate their lives. Yeah. Oh yeah. The people who have worked at Little Caesars have always been friendly, and they'd be like, "We don't sell coffee, but back in the break room, we actually have a coffee pot. I'll get you a cup of coffee." Mm -hmm. At least if you work at Pizza Hut, like a kid's like, "Hey, here's my book. It here's these books that I pretended to read." Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, okay." You have a little. You have uh, hey, some listen, sense of purpose. I, I read my Judy Bloom. Okay, Judy Bloom. Yeah, All the right. super fudge. Yes. Oh yeah. I, I a quick story time about about working at Pizza Hut. Okay. Uh, so uh, 
when I was a junior in college, Bonaventure made the NCAA tournament, which was a big deal for Bonaventure. Not a big deal. Not yeah. a big, big, big deal for Notre Dame. They're, they're a it is lately. They haven't done it in a while. Uh, yeah. But Bonaventure made the tournament, and they lost in triple overtime to Kentucky in the first round. Mm. And in double overtime, as time expired, a guy made a three-pointer to tie the game to send it to triple overtime. Wow. Like 15 years after that happened, the school paper was doing a story about it, and they were looking for the guy who made the three-pointer. They got a hold of his mom, and she gave him his work number to call him at work because he was working so he could answer it. And a Bonaventure degree in the South gets you a job at Pizza Hut because that's where he was working. Okay. Sorry, just a little throwback to the snowplow article I, I, or snowplow piece. There was a tweet from Jeff uh, Prevel from uh, WIVB News for Buffalo. A spokesman for Mayor Byron Brown says that 95% of streets in the city of Buffalo have received at least one pass from a plow. I want the list of streets in that 5% that haven't seen a plow in three days. Okay, so I just thought that was germane to our discussion. Yeah, I mean, that's insane that it's been three days and you're like, well, sorry, 5% of the streets haven't been plowed at all like what percentage of the population is that could you imagine if you're like you're like well 95 percent of teachers have a pass however we haven't plowed tanawana street at all in three days <laughs> oh well whatever mm, that might be a problem all right what's what's the last thing we got on our board here uh uh your boy oh, oh. no you're talking you're talking to, to a snake right no, to Ernest, boy. Ernest's boy no, Ernest's boy Ernest's boy angus's boy angus's boy now uh nobody's boy mm-hmm it's certainly not my boy. Uh, that Fredonia professor. So for the listeners, Jim, because I actually I did not hear about this story at all. Now, this until is you. This is my almost until you alma brought mater. it up to me. Mm-hmm. You're almost alma mater. Yeah, right. Okay. You'll sing the Fredonia State Fight Fight Song. No, I won't. Okay. Right. Uh, it's, I didn't it's, graduate. It's 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 uh it's it's pale to the victors. Pale to the victors. Yes. <laughs> So, for those who are not aware of this story, which, again, I had no fucking idea, but it's all over the local news. So, mm-hmm. that shows the, the digital gap or whatever, or maybe well, I'm just an idiot. It, well, no, it's, it's all over the local TV news. The Buffalo News hasn't really covered it at all. No. And and Twitter sphere hasn't really got into it. It's all over TV news. So, if it's you're on Facebook, too. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, so that f- falls into what I'm about to say. <laughs> right. Facebook TV news. If you're a boomer, you know all about this. Yeah. And you're very mad about it. Yeah. And you're very mad. I happen to have a brain disease where I watch the TV news to also every week to follow it. To report back to our millennial and Gen Z listeners. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they uh, need to know. We, we go to the fronts yes. of Facebook and to the TV news to find out why people are mad. I we also I you. use the TV news. I, I watch Channel 4. And uh, every night when Don Postles comes up, I hold an orange up to the screen to see if my orange is ripe yet or not. <laughs> 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 that professor at SUNY Fredonia, who was seen in an online video talking about adult child sex, has been reassigned. So what Don Postles had to say about this guy in Fredonia. Who is this guy? What's his deal, Jim? SUNY uh, Fredonia professor. Right. Philosophy professor. Philosophy professor. He had a video about, he was on a podcast, and he was talking about basically like, he doesn't see why there's a reason why adult child sex, pedophilia, should be illegal here's the square podcast guarantee we are not going to say the n-word okay we are not going to encourage adult child sex we will not we will never we will never never argue in favor of it we will argue vehemently against it that those two things that is the square podcast guarantee Mm -hmm. yeah he even like he made a a, a comment in the video uh 
where he was like, what if there's a culture, say there's a culture, I know of a culture, when like one-year-old babies, male babies are crying, the grandmothers fillet them to calm them down. If it works, is that bad? For some reason, people are upset at this guy. <laughs> now, I was on the, uh, where also where this took off was on the subreddit, the Buffalo subreddit. Okay. Uh, where a lot of Fredonia alums were chiming in. Uh, but I, I would say that uh, based off of the responses, 90% of all Reddit unions went to Fredonia. For, uh, we, you know, I make fun of the Bonaventure cult around here, and, and it is worthy of derision. But the, the Fredonia people really kind of run the place in the city. Oh, okay. Oh, think, yeah. Thanks for the credit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And they were based. So what they're say, we're saying was like, look, this guy is a known troll. What he does is he'll argue any indefensible point, but he argues it straight. He doesn't let you know that he's doing a bit. He doesn't make it seem like it. And if you only see just that one time, you would think that he means it. But what he would do in his like ethics class that he would teach is like he would argue like in favor of like pedophilia and then the very next class like argue against it. And the entire time he would never, but he likes to argue in favor of things that are indefensible to get a rise out of people. So, I mean, this guy who's like in his 50s, mid 50s, uh, who's a philosophy professor, he's been an internet troll since before there was a, yeah. the internet. I mean, he clearly is built for 4chan. <laughs> I, I almost guarantee he's got like a squinting frog emoji as like his. A Pepe picture. So what happened to this guy is he got reassigned. He's a tenured professor. He got reassigned at yeah. Fredonia State. Yeah. Oh well, the 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 student base went nuts. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. The the snowflakes got triggered oh, about geez. the guy talking about uh, adult child sex. Yeah. I I don't know. Look, this is like I, I'm not trying to go like full Barry Weiss. The colleges are are two snowflakes, and they're trying to cancel professors. He wasn't in a classroom saying it. This is this is where it kind of gets me. Like, yes, but, he, but apparently he has. And no, for, no, 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 no. And Fredonia knows this about him. No, they I, tried to not give him tenure, and he sued. So, to, and to me, like, it sounds he, like he's a fucking asshole. It sounds like he's a fucking asshole. But here's my thing: is like, I think there is space in like the college classroom or whatever to be pushed on and challenged on ideas. Fine. Like I, I really I want to present it that way. Why be a dick about because, it? Because because in the real world, you will you will run into people who are not. We're going to defend pedophilia like that. No, but you're going to run into people who are May dicks. Maybe well, you, sure. you need basically look. The college classroom is like your training wheels for when you're going to run into people who are actual fucking dicks and how you deal with them right. and how in the. In the sphere of ideas, how you confront them and deal with but them. It sounds like he's an actual dick. Well, maybe, but the point is, in your real life, you're going to come across actual dicks. So how right. do you how do you deal with that? So when you're in the the context of a classroom, I'm I'm more willing to be lenient on that because you have to learn how to advocate for your ideas or how to argue against indefensible ideas that are completely like objectionable. Because in real life, you're going to come across that. You're going to have to learn how to combat that. The problem do, for me, do we think? That's what he was doing. Well, here's here's where he fucked up. He went on this podcast and just did it straight. You move then from an environment of learning and edification where it's like, hey, you're in the classroom. We're going to do this. I'm going to teach you how to do this into the realm of now I'm advocating for it. Mm -hmm. And whether or not he was actually advocating for it or he was just being a troll, I think it's a key way to distinguish this. Like you're not in your little learning bubble. 
you are in the real world now throwing this out there and you are now the asshole. Like you are actually becoming the asshole by saying this shit. If you're saying this kind of fucking whack job shit in the classroom, I'm willing to, I I don't even know if I would say like to keep him as a teacher, but I'm just saying like, I get what you're doing and I understand there's a utility to it. What I don't get is if you're on the, this podcast, whatever, and just throwing out this completely indefensible, fucking terrible idea because now you're actively contributing to being an asshole in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I agree that there, there's a certain value in the classroom to like just forcing people to challenge their their viewpoints uh, and, and making them think. And because what what you're doing is is you're you're de- making them develop critical thinking muscles, right? Uh, and, and you're making them to develop them in real time so that they, they have to respond to you quickly. And you're right. Like, you're going to run into people who are like, who might legitimately believe this. I mean, back in the 70s, France was talking about eliminating like a an age of consent, just eliminating it totally. Some of the thinkers or like lead, like lead uh, big brain philosophers of the time, like Foucault, and Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir signed on supporting removing the age of consent in France. The age of consent in France is 15 anyways. Jesus fuck. Like, come on. So you're you you. It's very conceivable that you would run into people who legitimately believe this. And so running into people who legitimately believe this, you need to be able to argue them straight up. And if you know the person's just doing a bit, I agree with you. Like, it's harder to take it seriously because, like, at a certain point, you're going to just, like, roll your eyes and, like, you, I know you don't mean that. When they method act it, like, it's, it's harder to, you, you have to, you're forced to have to come up with something. If you're going to do that, you have to know you have to do it in controlled environments. You, you, you can't do it in a spot where it looks like you, you're actually advocating for this nonsense. Uh, I mean, it's more than nonsense. Like this, this gross, like thing that like every psychologist basically knows is like terrible for anybody. Uh, pretty much anybody with any moral guidance is gonna be like, "Well, this is this is bad." Yeah, and of course, the local television media is all over it because they want to show the the you know the hippie heathen liberal professors just advocating for unspeakable evil things in the classroom. Right. This is this is why you don't you send your kids to trade school and you don't send them to university because they're going to go to Fredonia. <laughs> I could I could easily see if you worked in a world with boomers and you say you went to Fredonia or you went to any university because they may not even remember what college it was at. And they're like, "Hey, did you hear about that pedophile professor?" What happens at that school you went to? Now, now, despite the fact that, like, your boomer boss probably got a college degree, too, and probably went to college with real pedophiles. But you know, that was in the 60s, so they, that doesn't matter anymore. It's a different time. Right. I, I had enough talk about this. Yeah, fuck it. I'm so, done yeah. with this, too. Yeah. That, it, we went from Pizza Hut to, like, the mm-hmm. pro argument for pedophile guy. So, let, so let's, vibes. Let, let's bring it back to some good vibes. Get us back to some good vibes, Jim. All right. Let's, that's, that's the news for the week. Yes. But there is news for our dear sweet listeners. Oh, listeners, listen up. Respond to us on Twitter. Snake sent out a tweet on our official Twitter account that best response to this tweet will get a date with me at Lennox Grill on Valentine's Day. For their, I guess it's not anymore. I don't know why, because this was perfect. But their $69 Valentine's Day special. Right. And now it's like $47. Uh, uh, Okay, whatever. Forty-seven. Where does that come from? Right. Yeah. And now, if it was fifty-seven, five-seven, that's that's perfect. That's the best number. That's five-seven. That's that's a perfect score. Uh huh. I true. I would get that. 
Heinz four, 57. Right. But right. Four, four out of seven, that's not a perfect score. So anyone, uh, you're, you're choosing the date. Whoever replies best to this tweet. Right. Okay. What, what type of tweet are you looking for, Jen? Uh, you, know, you know what? I, surprise me. Make me laugh. The funniest tweet, the most informative tweet. Maybe Are you the most looking informative. someone who busts your balls the hardest? Could, it could be any of those things. Okay. I want the most remarkable tweet. Okay. You know, uh, if you just respond first, that's not the most remarkable mm-hmm. tweet. Yeah. Uh, if, if you respond with, like, a, a detailed breakdown as to why, like, Rusty Weaver is wrong about everything, now that might be the most <laughs> remarkable thing I've seen. That would be remarkable. I don't know if that would get you a date, but right, yeah, it would be remarkable. So, what are you offering this date? Oh, uh, a very mediocre time, <laughs> uh, where like obviously free food and drinks, free food, free food and drinks, yeah. free food and drinks, yeah, and, and also you, you like you don't you know what you I would say you have to talk to me, but you don't have to. Like you could just spend the entire time silent. <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> if you just came for the free meal. You know what? I'll take this to right. go. <laughs> No, you have to sit there with me. Oh, you, have to, oh. you have to sit there while we eat and while I make a slob of myself. Okay, <laughs> all right. You're gonna stuff the napkin in your shirt, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll wear I'll wear the Randy Quaid dicky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> by the way, this is and this is nothing you know sexual or whatever. No, 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 yeah. No, I think I think out, out of all all the replies to that tweet, Gavin's in the lead right now. Uh, it, uh, Gavin or Tara Sullivan. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, they both yeah. had pretty good ones. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty good. So if you're looking for, you know what, if you're just looking for a good time, frankly, it's more to hang out with one of the hosts of the Square podcast yeah. and to have a good time and right. for us to get engagement up and to be a little right. silly. And, and who knows? I mean, we, we mentioned this. Maybe there'll be a special guest or two who show up also to the dinner. Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Right. Could be. There, there might not just be one host of the Square podcast at that right. date. Right. Yeah. Maybe also we'll get Mayor Ben. We... <laughs> m- <laughs> We could get me. Uh-huh. So, so if you'd like to join Jim on a date, and and maybe other hosts of the Square Podcast, who's to say? Uh, reply on Twitter at Square Pod Buffalo or Square Pod Buff. Excuse me, at Square Pod Buff. We are at on Twitter, on Instagram. We are the Square Podcast on Facebook. We are the Square Podcast. We can be found at SoundCloud is the big one. But of course, Apple, the podcast uh, streaming, um, I, I, I believe we're on Spotify as yeah, well. We, we haven't pulled our stuff off Spotify yet. Right. Uh, Protest Joe Rogan. Right, right. No. We don't get paid anyway on Spotify, so. Right. <laughs> so we're, we're still there. It's it's doesn't really matter to us, and I know people listen there. Um, there's another one. I, I can't remember the other. Google Stitcher. Podcast, Google Pod. Stitcher. Yeah, yeah, all that shit. We're, we're all. Fucking we're, shit. We're, we're there. Podcast addict. Yeah. All that. We're, we're on all of them. Uh, your social media gentlemen, uh, Ryan. We're the real Ryan Steele, sentimental snake in honor of Valentine's holiday. Yes, and and Jim, uh, uh, George the Human. I'm at James Tamel on Twitter. Should be Diamond Jim, by the way. It could be Diamond Jim soon, uh, and then also uh, Battle Jim the Republic on Instagram. Sure, and I'm I'm not giving out my social media quite yet, but if you want to talk to me, uh, hop on our Discord, and oh, I know we talked about it earlier, but we'll get the link back out there. We're a good time. The Discord is a lot of fun. I I am rad pack. Rad underscore pack. You're not the shovel guy, right? No, I'm not the shovel guy. Okay. No. But I am rad pack on the Discord. So come out, talk to us, have a good time. 
In honor of the Super Bowl, we'd like to close out this episode with something from the Square Archive back from a few months ago when we were recording things for the Christmas episode. Friend of the pod, Chris Miller, goes into his theory about those State Farm insurance commercials that come on during football games. Uh, Enjoy. So we've got our friend Chris Miller here back again. He's got an interesting theory about these State Farm commercials that come on uh, during football games. Chris? Well, I, I was observing watching these commercials, watching the Bills play, and seeing these State Farm commercials every week, and they're on all the time, that you take your celebrities, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick right. Mahomes, they get, their, they get their great deal from Jake at State Farm, and they're happy. But they're not happy when someone else gets the deal. Matter of fact, even some of the Patrick Mahomes commercials with, with where he's holding sneakers and sneakerhead, if I was just a sneakerhead and all this. They want the he, deals yeah, all to themselves. They want the deals all to themselves. And so when Jake gives it to somebody else, not only... Are they irritated by him for doing that? They're willing to take things away in the mm-hmm. sneaker commercial, for instance. They're, they're like the tricks rabbits of quarterbacks. Yeah, you can't have this. Because you're doing something for someone else, I'm not going to let you right, have let, this let, thing that I have. There's the one where like uh, Aaron Rodgers finds out that anybody can get the mm-hmm. special, and he throws the tennis ball that the dog is chasing yeah. like oh a mile God. away. What yeah. a piece of shit. Right. Yeah. Like, but then you look at the average people who get these deals, and they are so grateful for the discount on their auto insurance. Like 12 pounds of steak. That they bring them free pizza. A gallon and, of ranch. You know, a gallon of ranch. And yeah. not that we do ranch in Buffalo. But, you know, they're we're in grateful. Buffalo, they're, cheese, not, right. they're not offended that other people get these deals. They're just grateful to have To have the deal. Mm-hmm. And it just seems... I don't know if there's some intended underlying social commentary that State Farm's putting out there. Or if you have some lone writer who slipped that in and no one's noticed. Or it's just completely unintended but well, uh, aaron Rodgers is known to ad lib all his commercials so it's oh, yeah. and uh and patrick mahomes has his commercials written by aaron Rodgers. okay oh, is that well right? that makes yeah. sense yeah that's Good. aaron Rodgers today by the way at his press conference yeah. uh he's got a toe injury yeah and people were oh. speculating that he had covid toe <laughs> so he took his sock off and showed his foot he's like no i just got a broken toe oh, okay is there a covid toe is there such a thing there as is COVID toe? there is such a thing as covid toe apparently I'm it's incredibly painful and your toe is no turned shit. purple wow oh, okay uh but he okay. doesn't have, I mean, he he was insisting, how contagious is covid toe uh it's i mean you want a toe i can get you a toe oh, okay uh is they fallen off because they had covid toe right so I, they're just lying around they're okay. just yeah they're just you you're just walking down hurdle and there's just toes laying about yeah it's covid toe Right, COVID toe. But it's funny. So you mentioned about the uh, State Farm and the rich people just wanting everything. And I said it's like the uh, uh, in the They Might Be Giants song, Anna Ang, there's a little break where you hear a recorded voice say, I don't want the world. I just want your half. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, 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 that is the way wealthy people view the world. That's right. Yeah. They, they'll tell you, I don't want everything. I just want yours. I want, I want yours, which is what they use. When they convince poor people to get mad at poor people for taxes, and like, oh well, they're coming to take your your one apple. I've got nineteen out of the twenty apples, but that person wants your apple. Well, I don't want to politicize this too much, but I had friends who went down to Texas, and I love Texas. I have no problem with Texas. I do think there's a certain red state culture that I'm not thrilled by. But every time I'm in Texas, I'm like, this is a cool place. So I'm not trying to badmouth Texas. But they were talking, one of my friends was down there and they were talking to friends they have in Texas and talking about the idea of universal health care. And it wasn't that the, their red state fellows were opposed to universal health care. They just didn't want their taxes paying for someone else. Yeah. Right, right. That's, right. But, and that's why they were against it. And, but it, it, 
it blows my mind because I'm like, they don't pay enough taxes to cover themselves probably. No, I mean, we've seen that with the, you know, when that cold snap hit last year and things were shut down and there was a state of emergency in Texas, they didn't have the money to fix things. Where do they go? The federal government. Right. But, you know, when they don't need help, oh, screw the federal government. But mm. it's just one of those things. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, this also against them mentality just kind of like, it's a real bummer. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Word. I'm all for universal health care for everyone named Snake. For, for all snakes. All snakes. All snakes. Yep. I'll make sure a local tradition we can talk about and i can throw in there the, the, and marilla yeah the, the mud races <laughs> i love that you're a marilla expert <laughs>